The boy Jesus at the temple. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast, according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. It's a sort of parable, isn't it? It's the parable of the lost son. Years and years ago, we've got four sons, as many of you know, and son number two was uh, of independent mind and spirit. And we went to France on a holiday, and we went... In the days where hypermarkets were fairly unusual, huge, huge. I think there was one in South Wales, at Carrefour in South Wales was the first we had in this country. And this huge hypermarket we went to. <clears throat> so having Jonathan with us, we said, now, John, now we're going to this huge, huge shop. It's very easy to get lost. Now, you will stay with Mummy and Daddy. Yes, he says. You will stay with us all the time. You won't run. Yes, he says. Yes. <clears throat> We went into this hypermarket. It was huge. Aisle upon aisle, mile upon mile, all in French, everything else. I don't think we'd gone two or three aisles when suddenly Jenny says, where's John? Where's Jonathan? I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. Nowhere to be seen. So you start. The feelings, first of all, is that sinking feeling, isn't there? Then the panic comes in and the fear And you get concerned and you start to search. And we're going up and down these aisles. Have you seen? Have you seen? Can you? You know, know, round the baskets, everything else. No sign of him. And this goes on not for one day up uh, away from Jerusalem, as we've just read, and one day back, and then another three days. This was only minutes. And then over the Tannoy, in French, and even my bad French understood that it was the parents of Jonathan Douglas Beveridge would they sort of come to. And we get there, and he's in tears. He is distraught. He is absolutely beside himself. And of course, we have relief, but you have relief with anger, don't you? This sort of mixture. And that's the emotions that Mary and Joseph would have gone with, because they genuinely lost him. And it took them a long time to find him. And we see here 
at this time, instead of looking at the baby in the cradle, and we can get so far, we look here as Jesus as the 12-year-old, this pre-teen, with wisdom by and beyond his years. You see, he wasn't hiding from home. Mary says something about, you know, your father. And it's like every tired mother, isn't it? We've all known mothers and tiredness where, you know, they say to the children, when your father gets home, haven't we all either said that or heard it? And it sets the child a barrier. But too often the father can end up being the policeman, can't he, as he comes home if it's done too much. But Jesus has no hesitation when he's confronted by his mother. Didn't you know? It's sort of a disbelief. Didn't you know? And then the key word is, I had. Had to be in my father's house. He's clearly not talking about Joseph's humble abode, is he? He's not talking about the carpenter's shop and, and the house and so on that you can go and see now in Bethlehem. So whose father is he talking about? Who lived in the Holy of Holy in the temple? God did. Jesus' his father. Jesus, the son of God. You see, he was born that way. It was not something he said later on to attract a crowd or attention to himself. He was born that way. And this exchange before Mother Mary and Jesus is repeated many times in similar ways in the Gospel, or at least ways the, the shape of it is repeated. Jesus says something about his place, his relativity to God, about his nature, his nature which was divine. But then, as now, maybe this Christmas, people entirely miss the point or become very confused about what he was truly saying. And then there are others, the others, those others who understood what he said and became very angry and totally rejected him and his words. Jesus for what he stood for. See, there's no change there either, is there today? And who are these people? They're the religious and the politicians again. Our Prime Minister called yesterday for the moral strengths of Christianity in our broken society to be applied. He's quoted in yesterday's Eye paper as, quote, a vaguely practicing Christian. Now, if that's accurate, how would vague Christianity cope with this? This is a report from China yesterday. Christmas celebrations for Christians in the village of Zitan, China, came to end when Chinese police and government officials smashed sound equipment and lashed out at worshippers at a public party. Five were injured, and Wang Jiafeng, a Christian at the event, reported, there were a few hundred of us here, and with the village heads were with us too. And because of that, they were even more violent. Even more violent. The implication is they were even more violent than usual. Violent reaction, as in Jesus' time, by who? The political and religious leaders. No change there, then, is there? 
Jesus' true words made them so angry over his three short years of ministry, they finally killed him for what he said and for the good things he did. Do you think it's possible that some of those religious leaders who sat in that scripture, sat listening to 12-year-old Jesus, do you think some of them possibly on that day at the cross were the same people who'd been there listening to the 12-year-old? And 21 years later, they're at Calvary where he was crucified. A carpenter crucified on a tree. You see, that's not the reason we put up Christmas trees, is it? And put lights on them. The first Christmas light, as Jesus stunningly claimed himself to be, the light of the world. Clearly no ordinary baby that Christmas. As one chorus says, there's no danger if the baby remains in the manger. Jesus was and is the Christmas light that we all so desperately need. Note, not vaguely need. Jesus, the Christmas present to you with a gift tag that says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of, the, of life. Which present are you going to choose this Christmas? True gold? Real gold? Or the gold foil of chocolate money to be melted in the credit crunch? Do not stay lost like the boy Jesus. Do not stay lost like my son Jonathan in tears, lost in a shop. Jesus made a present of himself for you. Can you present, notice the word present and present, Jesus made a present of himself for you. Can you present yourself to him today, this Christmas? Why? To have Christmases with Jesus without end. Amen.